This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, April 10th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Trump tells farmers to have faith in him. Snap costs continue to shrink. U.S.-Canadian dispute over lumber heating up. Trump tells farmers to have faith in him. The ag sector could be in for a lot of pain thanks to the escalating threats of tariffs between the U.S. and China. But President Donald Trump yesterday asked farmers and ranchers to sweat it out during the tough times. It's not nice when they hit the farmers specifically because they think that hits me, Trump said about the various Chinese tariffs aimed at U.S. pork, soybeans, corn, sorghum, cotton, beef, oranges, plums, and a long list of other agriculture commodities. Our farmers are great patriots. They understand that they're doing this for the country, and we'll make it up to them. China's preparing to retaliate for a few different U.S. actions, such as new import tariffs on steel and aluminum, as well as punishment for years of intellectual property theft. But USDA Chief Sonny Perdue says he stands behind Trump's actions. Secretary Perdue said yesterday he understands there's anxiety, certainly among our constituents in the ag community. But the president's message is simple. We cannot allow China to continue to break the rules, and we must protect our interest in America. Meanwhile, Purdue continues to stress that USDA is working on an emergency aid program to shield U.S. producers against the effects of Chinese tariffs. Senate Agriculture Committee Chairman Pat Roberts stressed to reporters he's not optimistic about the administration's efforts to concoct such a program even if funding is available through the Commodity Credit Corporation. Roberts said the CCC has been used in times of emergency like hurricane relief, but I don't see how they can utilize that or any other source of income. I don't know how you would work that. It would seem to me it would be very difficult. USDA officials told AgriPulse last week that it is extremely difficult, but the department is making progress. The president has worked with his team to determine how best to respond to China's attack on American farmers, and he has asked the Department of Agriculture to protect our farmers, and we will present a plan on the specifics of that shortly. That the word of White House spokeswoman Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Snap costs continue to shrink. Major federal programs seldom seem to shrink in cost, but that's the case with food stamps. The projected cost of the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program has fallen sharply in recent years because of the improving economy. And now, the Congressional Budget Office estimates that spending will drop another $16 billion in coming years because of lower-than-expected food prices. The CBO also projects that participation rates in SNAP will continue to fall over the next decade until they return to rates last seen before the 2007 to 2009 recession. The program is now expected to cost $63 billion in 2019 and $661 billion over the next 10 years. CBO is expected to release its 10-year cost estimate for farm programs today. Those numbers will be used to estimate the cost of any changes to programs that Congress wants to make in a new farm bill. But CBO is warning of rising deficits. Despite the savings in SNAP, CBO projects that the federal budget will grow to $804 billion this year because of the tax cuts and the cost of the new omnibus spending bill. 
CBO says the deficit will continue to grow in coming years from 4.2% of GDP this year to 5.1% by 2022. The deficit has been that large as a share of the economy only five times since 1946. Now, here's why this matters. The higher deficits already are spurring calls for cuts in federal spending. The White House is reportedly working with GOP members on a plan to rescind some of the increased spending that Republicans and Democrats agreed to in the omnibus spending. The rescission effort would likely deepen the bitter partisan divide on Capitol Hill. Well, the White House meeting results are in, and the result is more meetings. A meeting on biofuel policy at the White House yesterday afternoon didn't result in a final decision, but rather plans for more discussion. A White House official tells AgriPulse that President Donald Trump, quote, instructed his cabinet to continue to explore options that protect American farmers and America's refinery workers. The president, the official added, is grateful for the attention and care that Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue and EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt have given the issue. Asked by AgriPulse how the meeting went, Purdue didn't offer much analysis. He simply said it went great. The lack of a decision is a bit of a mixed bag for both the oil and biofuel side of the argument. On one hand, the imposition of a cap on the cost of the RFS compliance credits is hated by some and championed by others and is not yet in place. But there's still no regulatory relief for year-round E15 sales in sight. We are relieved that the EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt was not able to convince the President to support the disastrous idea of capping the renewable identification numbers this afternoon. But the fight continues. That a statement from the Iowa Renewable Fuels Association. A merchant refining industry source close to the discussion said the industry is, quote, waiting for a definitive indication of the administration's position. The industry will continue to push for REN cost containment, the source said, and noted any proposal that only provides relief to the biofuel industry is likely to face stiff challenges in court and opposition in Congress. The decision to keep talking at the administrative level also runs counter to reports that the White House was considering sending deliberations back to Congress. Also yesterday, a group of five Republican senators sent Trump a letter calling on the president to, quote, call on the EPA to cease all RFS waiver action until the agency's administration of the RFS can proceed in a more transparent and impartial manner. The group includes Senators Blunt, Ernst, Fisher, Grassley, and Thune. It's the same contingent that wrote Trump in March asking for a meeting to discuss their opposition to applying a waiver cap mechanism of any kind. No such meeting has been announced, and the Senators reiterated yesterday their desire to have that conversation. Circuit Court upholds preliminary injunction in Montana checkoff case. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals yesterday affirmed a preliminary injunction keeping the Montana Beef Council from retaining beef checkoff contributions without the consent of the assessed producer. The two-to-one decision says a district court in Montana did not abuse its discretion when placing the injunction last year. The ruling keeps in place a system whereby Montana beef producers must fill out paperwork confirming they want half of their checkoff funds to stay in state and fund the Montana Beef Council. 
Otherwise, the entire dollar per head sold by that producer will go directly to the Cattleman Beef Board, which oversees the national beef checkoff. The decision comes after state checkoff funds were used to help sponsor ads promoting North American beef. A judge ultimately ruled in favor of RCAF USA when the group brought a lawsuit challenging the use of checkoff funds for the ads on First Amendment grounds. RCAF USA CEO Bill Bullard said the ruling gives Montana producers, quote, a choice as to whether to continue funding a private message that essentially says that beef is beef regardless of where the cattle from which the beef was derived was born or raised. In a statement, the Montana Beef Council said it was still reviewing the ruling, but noted the decision does not change the current operations at Montana Beef Council and Montana producers still have the ability to support Montana Beef Council by completing a producer consent form. A U.S.-Canadian dispute over lumber is heating up. World Trade Organization agreed yesterday to Canada's request to establish two dispute panels in the country's efforts to fight U.S. countervailing duties and anti-dumping duties. The U.S. again called Canada's opposition to the duties baseless, according to trade officials in Geneva. But the gripe was disregarded, and the dispute is set to run its course. One of Canada's complaints could have repercussions that far outweigh the basic opposition to U.S. tariffs on softwood lumber. Canada is claiming that the way in which U.S. calculates dumping damages uses its different pricing methodology running against WTO rules. The U.S. method has been criticized before by other countries like South Korea, the European Union, Japan, South Korea, China, Turkey, Russia, Brazil, Kazakhstan, and Vietnam have all signaled they may join Canada's complaints by reserving their right to take part in the dispute. Here's today's He Said It. Lighthizer, Ross, and Navarro, and you-know-who, have not made public any comments today, so the market's up 300 to 400. That's Kansas Senator Pat Roberts commenting on the negative effects of comments from Trump and administration officials that have on Wall Street traders. Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, April 10th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Allen. 